falls to me to kind of finish the day similar to where we began. Uh, I love golf. I'm not very good at golf, but I, I love playing golf. And uh, when I was first learning to play golf, I, I played with a group of guys who were very good, um, kind of like Easton. They were scratch golfers. I mean, they when you start saying I'm a plus something, that's not bad. That's that's good. You're you're better than better than par. You're subpar. These guys were like that. And I remember one particular day we played, and uh, we had, were about on the uh, 16th, 17th hole, and they had been watching me and helping me with little things and giving me tips the whole day. Now, I needed every one of the tips. But I remember this moment I'll never forget. It was one of the funniest moments I've ever had in my a very limited athletic career. Um, I was actually standing over the ball, and I remember standing there, and there were three of what I thought were my friends. And I, I was just jotting down what I remember hearing in that moment. And they were, I was standing there about to hit, my, hovering over the ball, behind the ball. And one said, hey, back up a bit from the ball. The other one, okay, make sure the weight is on the balls of your feet. Hey, spread your feet out a little bit. Put your hands down. Put your hands forward. Loosen your grip. Straighten your left arm. Get your head up. Get your head down. Slow down your backswing. Shorten your backswing. And I'll never forget this. I haven't hit anything yet. And they said, follow through. Right first? I mean, what, what, how do you follow through when you haven't even hit? I was so paralyzed in that moment. I remember finally just about to squeeze the life out of that, that golf. And I just had to back up and say, guys, I, I can't do all of this. It was overwhelming. It was too much. There's a very real sense in which after six or seven hours of what we've just done, you feel like that about this issue. We have a common struggle. We have an uncommon hope. Take the off-ramp. Honor the severe warnings in Scripture. Cut off all the access points. Be humble. Be grateful. Understand the right kind of accountability and pursue it. Provide the right kind of accountability. Manage your thought life at the very inception of thinking. All of that's great counsel. It's all from Scripture. I just don't think you can do it all starting tonight. And like me standing over that golf ball, getting so many points of, of input, I couldn't do anything. I, I want us to just step back and say, everything you've heard today is helpful and should be helpful and should be applied. You're probably not going to be able to do it all before 6 p.m. tonight. So how can we wrap this up? Turn over to 1 Peter chapter 1. This is not saying, don't do anything you've heard. I'm, kind of try, I'm going to try to wrap all of it into one central command and then say, take the next days and weeks, months, years, lifetime, and begin applying these things. Select some things from your notes and say, I'm going to work on this for this hour, this day, this, this week with my my accountability friend. Try to isolate specific areas and work on it. 
I don't want to keep belaboring the point, but I found that my golf game began to get better if I took one part of that advice and I worked on it for a few rounds and I tried to get, get that down and then I did something else and I did something else. So the hard part is the, the, the thing you need to apply might be different for each one of you. But find something in these texts that you've looked at today that we've, we've looked at ever so briefly and just go home with something. Don't be paralyzed by so much great and godly counsel from God's word. 1 Peter chapter 3. This, again, wraps almost everything you've heard today into a singular kind of a thought. And it's even broken down into more thoughts that we're going to add and kind of summarize with what you've heard. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13. 1 Peter 1, 13. Sorry, I've heard a lot of scripture today. Therefore, listen to how this dovetails into what Dale just said. Prepare your minds. Literally, take up the loins of your mind. It was used, this kind of sounds odd. It was used of tying up a toga to run, to to the, the loin that gives you almost a, a bit of a, a mini skirt look. They would do that, t- pull up the four corners of the tunic, tie it off around their loins, and then that would free their legs to run. He's saying, prepare yourself. That's the idea. Prepare your minds, gird the loins of your mind for action. Have a plan. Sober yourself. The, the Greek is not keep sober in spirit, but just be sober. Be sober-minded. Don't be intoxicated by anything other than what's in your focus. Further explaining the same concept, fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Wow, what a difference life would be if we knew, if we thought, if we believed that Jesus were coming back in an hour. Well, how would we live? As obedient children, back to God as our Father and we're His sons. And this is the summary of what we've looked at today. Do not be conformed to the former strong desires, epithemia, the lusts that were yours before you knew better in your ignorance. See all these mental, we call them from the Greek noet, noetic words. They're all thinking words. We're going to get to that in Ephesians 4. It's all the renewing of your mind, the forcing yourself to think rightly and biblically. The former lusts were yours when you didn't know any better, when, when you were in ignorance. And then everything we've said today comes down to verse 15. But like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves in all your behavior because it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. Man, I, I, I look at the list of my own notes and I'm, I'm reading them right here, you know, um, from 1 Corinthians 10. Apply the uncommon principles and hope and taking the off-ramp to the common struggle we all have. Listen to Myrl's severe warnings from the Lord to deal with this radically. I mean, I hope you heard him. If you will not and cannot and refuse to deal with sexual sin, you are not going to heaven. That, 
That's what God said. I, I, that's not a, my role. That's not me. You will not inherit the kingdom of heaven while pursuing and harboring sexual sin. Severe. Right after that, Dale taught us to find the access points. What a great insight. How? I love what John Owen says. Find what associates in your heart Satan has. Find the access points. What are you looking at? Who are you looking at? How are you thinking? How are you rolling around thoughts in your mind? Cut those access points off. Turn the spigot off. I thought Adam's insights were so good to be humble and grateful. That that's the, that's the antidote to wrong desire, to lust. Aaron was so helpful to tell us one of the most misunderstood things in the church, relationships in the church, is accountability. We can overbake it and underbake it, but we have to think about it in the biblical categories of what it means to be accountable and to hold someone accountable. And we just heard managing our thought life. That's kind of the summation of everything we've heard, right? How, how are you going to think? Are they captive to you or are you captive to your, your passive thinking about things? I think all that comes down to be like the Holy One, be like God. So instead of thinking about all those things sitting over the ball about to hit, instead of 15 or 20 great points of biblical counsel that you've gotten today, I think if we'll back up and start applying those things underneath the, the rubric, underneath the main category of, I want to be holy like God, like the Holy One. There's an old saying that who you are when you're alone is who you really are. Let's think about that. Who you are when you're by yourself, what you're like when you're by yourself, what you view when you're by yourself, what you do when you're alone by yourself. According to that old quote, that's who you really are. And I understand the sentiment of that. I've even used that before. I, th I think there's some truth to that. It's just a little bit, a little bit lacking. And the reason is, there's the premise in that thought that you're alone. And you're never alone. The thoughts and deeds done while we are alone or in the secrecy of our thoughts that no one sees but us, I think would be completely changed if we realize that we are not alone. We just read it in our scripture reading just a few weeks ago. Psalm 139, verse 7, following, Where can I go from your spirit? What's the answer to that? Is there anywhere you can go where God's spirit doesn't go with you? Where can I flee from your presence? Answer, nowhere. If I ascend to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you're there. If I take the wings of the dawn, if I dwell in the remotest part of the sea, even there, your hand will lead me, your right hand will lay hold of me. If I say, surely the darkness will overwhelm me, literally hide me. The light around will be as night. Even the darkness is not dark to you. 
and the night is as bright as the day. Darkness and light are alike to you. That, that makes a difference when we remember what Peter said, like the Holy One, the one who is always with us is holy. So be holy in all your behavior because it's written, you shall be holy for I am holy. I'm wondering how, how much of um, um, the sinful choices we make, men, when in thought, in, in deed, in viewing, in surfing, in clicking, I wonder how much of those things could all be managed by the simple thought that God is holy, that God is present, and he expects me to be like him. So I just want to encourage you, all of these points, all these passages, so encouraging, so instructive. I'm just a little nervous as your friend, as a pastor, to think that it can be so overwhelming, you just don't know where to start. Start at any point that the Lord has convicted you today. You've heard so many passages that can be penetrating to your heart. And if you're like me, there were a couple of things that were said today. I, I just, I knew without being ooey gooey, rich and chewy spiritual, I knew that the Lord had had that for my heart directly. No, 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 uh, no mystery. That was for me. If you have those, highlight those, note those, drill down on those. But even backing up, it's, I think it's simple to be holy like the Holy One. And if you're a blood-bought son of the Lord Jesus Christ, your conscience has been turned on and that can become pretty self-evident. You know what you should look at. You know what you shouldn't. You know how you should think and you know how you shouldn't. You know what you should think when you're talking to a pretty woman who's not your wife. You, your conscience works really well. Be holy like the Holy One. Because he said, I'm holy, so you be holy. So my final encouragement is praise God for all the ammunition that your heart has against itself. But don't let the ammunition be so heavy you don't carry it and use it. Find a bullet for your heart. Find a point of application. Work on it specifically. Don't try to do everything, but men, try to do something. Find something specific that, that you know the Lord would have you to do. There, there's, I guarantee you, 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 my list is long, and I hope you can find yours too. Ultimately, it's being holy like the Lord is holy and remembering these there. Boy, wouldn't, don't you think every one of our sins would be instantly cured by a very realistic understanding of God's omnipresence and omniscience? If we really believe that, how, what difference would that make? And so part of what we just heard in resetting your mind, taking your thoughts captive, is all of this put together in thinking biblically about sin and yourself and the solution not ignoring it, and not trying to use your willpower to overcome it. It's by applying the principles that God's given us. And as a, as a footnote to that, we 
just scratched the surface on this issue in the Bible and on dealing with sin in the Bible. Now that's encouraging because it, it means that just about every time you open your Bibles, you're going to find some kind of gracious, gracious kindness of God to show you how to be holy like he's holy. Don't be paralyzed. Be practical. And if you don't know where to start, going back to what Aaron said, that's where accountability could really help. Sitting down with a a friend, a brother, he was even here today, and saying, okay, I've got a truckload of notes here. Where are we going to go? Where are we we starting? Here's where I'm going to start. Where are you going to start? And don't be overwhelmed by, here's the Bible, go apply it. That's a big task. Can I pray for you? Simply saying to you, Father, reminds us that we are to be obedient children. not conform to our former lusts that were ours in ignorance. And Lord, you have, you have cured so much ignorance in our hearts today. Praise God that we know what we know, but we also fear you because we're accountable. The warnings that Myrl outlined for us are real and ever-present. I'm grateful for these men. Lord, some of them are sitting here seeing a a week's worth of sin, a month's worth of sin, years, decades, some a lifetime of trajectory away from you, and yet you still are working on their hearts. They're here listening to your word. Please grant to them fresh grace, fresh repentance, a sense of forgiveness that will motivate them to be holy like you. Oh, Lord, I pray for some young men who may yet have established patterns of sin that will need to be eradicated later. Protect them. Set their priorities from these early days as your priorities for their heart, for their good, for your glory, for their enjoyment, for the pleasure of their marriage and their their marriage bed. I'm grateful for the sacrifice that these men made by giving you their, the whole of their Saturday. You've seen, you've heard all that we've heard. Please apply to our hearts the specific areas that you want to address so that we can be like you, holy, blameless, and above reproach. In Jesus' name, amen.